We thank Anchor for making this podcast possible. For all your recording needs, go to Anchor with Spotify. Anchor has helped us record, do a recording studio where we can record even when we're separated, and a whole lot of more really, really cool things. Thank you for listening. Here we are, episode number six. The NFL draft is going on, and that's really going to be our focus for the next couple of episodes. We're hoping that we can get get it to where we do three episodes in three days, talking about the draft and one side topic. There'll be a little bit shorter episodes just so that we're not working ourselves out. So the Seahawks just picked, um, I believe his name is Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver. And we were all pulling our hair out and screaming, we don't need a wide receiver. Like someone else, trade back so that you can get more draft picks. You have Creed Humphrey, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, two running backs in the center. You said a defense. There was a good defensive end up there. Yeah. So, was there anything that you saw from him that made made you realize? Oh, maybe that's why they did it. Nope, not at all. I mean, I I earlier I saw. Uh, a news article that I kind of rolled my eyes at that's that was saying that the Seahawks need a wide receiver or yeah a wide receiver in the draft I was really confused about that because we really don't yeah I wouldn't say we don't need a wide receiver because we don't really have a great third wide receiver well but yeah we but do. the thing is we need <laughs> we need offensive lines much yeah more. Priorities. We need offensive line. Running back, I think, is even before wide receiver. Defense, like, their priorities. um, Like, people's priorities for the Seahawks in this draft, I think, have been a little bit off. But Mm -hmm. I did see something that kind of made me think, okay, maybe that's why they took him. So he was, he is a pretty fast and physical runner. I drafted him in a few of my mock drafts because, well, there weren't Javante Williams, Michael Carters, and Creed Humphreys still on the board. But also on ESPN, where they're showing the draft in most, like most places where you get the draft, they, they showed, um, that he was up there in Mel's top available people. And so they were like, okay, he's still up here. So let's go get him. I think he'll produce. I know it's not what we necessarily need, but we do need this position and he's a good player for it. So 
and maybe they and they see this a lot like they see something that no one else sees like last year in the first round Jordan Brooks they picked Jordan Brooks in the first round and everyone's like oh that was a horrible pick and then he was a hard hitter last year and making plays for the Seahawks Mm -hmm. so maybe this is another DK Metcalf maybe although it's pretty hard to get up to DK Metcalf's level so maybe Tyler Lockett consistent good but not blow the stat sheets yeah off. yeah so we also have some so the Seahawks pick later in the draft they pick at 114 I think but and so in my mock drafts that I've done, um, there have been I so I've done mock drafts when they had four people, and I've done mock draft well four draft picks and th- three draft picks. And what I noticed is that when you when it was three draft picks and you picked at the 56th pick in the draft, it was a lot harder to get other draft picks, especially since there's that big gap between. So what do you think their plan is going forward in the draft? Uh, I, I don't know anymore. I, I have no idea what they're going to do. I, I was surprised once. I'm probably going to get surprised again. Probably not what we think, but okay. And not saying that there's not good people up there in the 130s-ish. I know. There's Cameron Bynum. I talked about him last time. He's a good cornerback. Um, And then Keith Taylor is also up there. He sometimes, in my mock drafts, got picked up, but he's a solid cornerback, but one thing that I couldn't really find was an offensive lineman there, and that's kind of concerning, because af- our next pick after after 130 is 250, and that's near the end of the draft, mm. and I would really prefer them picking Chris Evans at 250 with three picks in between there. So I guess they could trade back and try to work something out, but you lose a lot of draft capital. You drafted a wide receiver, which you don't really need, and you're losing a whole bunch of other good players in between there. So I'm wondering if they're going to – so they've picked up a lot of people in free agency, leaving – making room, I guess, to trade people. So – Maybe they could trade people and trade up so that they can trade back, if you know what I mean, by trading up and mm-hmm. trade back. Mm-hmm. Or they could trade up from their 113 to trade back. So they would trade their 113 and their 250 plus maybe a draft pick from next year so that they can 
trade up but not use it and then trade back to get more draft picks. So, also, so if they do trade up to trade back, I don't know exactly what a, a fourth, fifth round pick plus a seventh round pick is worth. Maybe you throw in a four for next year. I mean, maybe you could get up to... 100 and then trade back to like 120 plus 150 and 230 maybe mm-hmm. and you would get two extra picks so if that were to happen some people that you could be looking at again Cameron Bynum and um Keith Taylor but you also have Kendrick Green on the offensive line. He's an offensive guard from Illinois. Um, later in the draft, you have Cyrus Tatuli, 255. He's pretty good. Um, but also in the secondary, well, not in the secondary, but on the defensive line, you have Darius Till's defensive tackle from West Virginia. And that could be good. But also, Pete Carroll has done this a lot. He's converted people over from a position to another position. So you could get Tyreek Thompson from a safety from San Diego State. Mm -hmm. Um. But we've talked about this also before, like how we might want to draft a backup for Russell Wilson this year. And so in the seventh round, I have two two quarterbacks that I think could – well, three. Two that I'm pretty confident could be a good backup – so Shane Bikuli is one of them. He's kind of like, now you're probably going to say he's nothing like Tom Brady, but he is in the fact that when Tom Brady was drafted, he was viewed as he had a decent arm, almost no athleticism whatsoever, but he was a field manager and that's what has gotten him this far. And so Shane Bikuli is not that athletic and has a decent arm, but good accuracy. And if he becomes a field manager, he could be the next Tom Brady. Maybe. Um, there's also, also I think Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round pick, I think, seventh. Yeah. Yeah, something really, yeah. Really low, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shane Bikuli is projected to be a seventh-round pick, too. Um, and then there's Zach Smith. He's another seventh-round pick. He's actually not projected to be drafted at all. But he has, some, he has pretty good legs and a decent arm. 
And with some development under such a great quarterback as Russell Wilson, he could really bloom into that spot. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's also been a couple of surprising things that have happened in the draft, like Jackson Carmen from Clemson. He was projected to be a later round pick and he got picked in the second round and like, it's not that he's a bad player. He just needs some development. And so, like, he's not got, like, it's not a bad pick per se, but it's definitely something no one saw coming. Yeah. And the other surprising thing is that we're at pick 62 and the Green Bay Packers are about to pick right now, but Michael Carter is still on the board, and I believe Javante Williams is still on the board, uh, which those guys were projected to be picked, like, in the 40s. And I think Creed Humphrey is still on there. I can't really tell right now. But it's been a lot of mystery I guess and it always is but it seems like this year more so than ever mm-hmm. but we haven't yet talked about the elephant in the room I'm not sure if you heard of this but Aaron Rodgers said that he does not want to play for the Packers next season what? Out of Green Bay. And ESPN has been making a big deal about this. And I see what? One of the, yeah. One of the things they said is that a reigning MVP player, so someone who won the MVP last year, has never um, played for another team in the history of the NFL. Only two times before has someone left that team and both times it was that they retired. Mm. So this is pretty big news. And the Green Bay Packers organization is playing um, toddler that doesn't want to clean their room saying, oh no, he's not going to get traded. He's going to stay here. It's just him being sensitive, but he's very, very serious about it. And since the draft is coming up, I mean, he could get traded and someone, and it could help the Packers get more draft picks. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously you would need to get more than just draft picks. You would probably need to get like your first round pick next year and the year after plus your best offensive player that's not a quarterback and your best defensive player, plus, like, your second – if you have a second-round pick still for this year, that your third and then a sixth and a seventh, it would take a lot to get Aaron Rodgers. But who knows what could end up happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to bring this back around to Russell Wilson. And Pete Carroll says they're in a good place with Russell Wilson, and he's going to stay here for the long run. 
-hmm. But I'm just thinking of how lucky we are that Russell Wilson hasn't demanded out of Seattle. Yeah. Because at least the Packers have a backup. They have Jordan Love. They're they're set. They're they've planned for the future. But we have Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. And that's not planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Creed Humphrey just went off the board. Uh, to Kansas City. Yep. So we've talked a lot about the draft already and the hockey playoffs are coming up. There have been a few teams who have clinched. There's a few teams who have clinched not being in the playoffs. And there's still some teams on the bubble that you want to talk about. So take it away. Okay. So in the central division, uh, the ones who have clinched the playoffs are the Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The ones that are eliminated is, um, no surprise, Detroit Red Wings and Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets were good last uh, last year, but they're not doing very well this year. They only have 42 points. And the ones on the hunt is the Nashville Predators, the Dallas Stars and the Chicago Blackhawks. I think only one can, yeah, only one could take a playoff spot. And I think it will be the Dallas Stars to come in front of the Nashville Predators. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. The East Division, we have uh, that clinched the playoffs. We have the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the ones that are eliminated are, again, no surprise, Philadelphia Flyers, New Jersey Devils, and the Buffalo Sabres. Um, The ones on the hunt are the Boston Bruins, the Islanders, and the Rangers. Uh, I think the Bruins and Islanders will go in. I don't think the Rangers will go in. Uh In the North Division, we only have one guaranteed spot. And that's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they are clinched. The rest, Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, Montreal Canadiens, Calgary Flames, Ottawa Senators, Vancouver Canucks. I think Edmonton Oilers, the Jets, and the Flames will go in. The West Division. Um, The three that are clinched are the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and there's only one team uh, that is eliminated, and it is the Anaheim Ducks. Right in front of it is the LA Kings, but I think they're going to get eliminate- eliminated pretty soon. Uh, we also have the Sharks, the Coyotes, and the Blues. I think the Blues and the Coyotes will go in. But the uh, oh, I'm wait. sorry. Actually, only one can go in. Yeah. I think the Blues will go in. Um, and but the the uh, the commentators for the Kings really think they could get that fourth spot. 
but I really don't think they will. Um, I can see why they would think that. I haven't really been following the Kings much, but I'm just looking at the standings here, and the Blues have a negative six goal differential. The Coyotes have negative 26. The Sharks have negative 34. And despite their losing record, the Kings only have negative 14. And so... Point and they're only uh, 10 spots away. But still, the Blues are really hard to fight against. I still don't still don't think they're going to get in games. Mm-hmm. But crazier things have happened. Yep, crazier things have happened. So, I know, like, this is pretty much any time you compare anything to last year's NFC East division, it's going to be pretty bad. And I'm not saying that this is the North division in the NHL is like them because the Maple Leafs are doing pretty good. The Oilers are average. The thing about the North, so the thing about the divisions is they almost don't matter about the, um, they, they almost don't matter about the, the, the 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 geography Florida Panthers they're in the central division how is that central uh, that that kind of makes sense I mean that's not central at all that's the that's almost the farthest east. thing you could get from central it's east but it's kind of middle east right like the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the North Division. Mm-hmm. And the New York Jets are in the East. So, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh is farther south than New York. And mm-hmm. so, but... What I was saying was, is they really don't have a standout team that, like, really has a chance to make it to the Stanley Cup or win it. It seems like the West Division is like the NFC West, where everybody, Uh, pretty much everybody is competing mm -hmm. for a spot. Mm -hmm. I see what you But I know you despise them and they're probably going to get first place in the West Division. They have a 10. They have a 10 game win streak. It's just I know, like (laughs) It looked like for a while there that the Avalanche were going to run away with it and then 10 game win streak. Hello. Frank. But then we lost a few, and right now we're destroying the Sharks. So I think that that um, a losing streak is going to die. Yeah. But I, another thing I, I noticed about the standings are in the North Division, it's all the 
uh, all the can Canadian teams. All the teams in the north are Canadian teams. And then I looked at the other, um, the other divisions, and I didn't see another Canadian team. That makes sense because Canada is north of the United States. So. Yeah, and and the they can't the the borders are closed between America and Canada, so they can't travel back and forth anymore. Mm -hmm. So, how does that work? Do like the teams from so can the teams from the central, the east, and the west play against them? Like so, the Toronto Blue Jays play are playing. I think in. Baltimore instead of in Toronto. So are the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, the Jets, the Canadians, the Flames, the Senators, and the Canucks playing in the U.S.? Or are they playing in Toronto? Well, not in Toronto, but in Canada. I'm and 99, playing against each other. I'm 99% sure they're in Canada. Because they can uh, each, each division can only face against each other in these current Crazy rules. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I haven't really been looking into this much, but are the Kraken the only expansion team? Because oftentimes, when you get an expansion team, you sometimes get two at once, like a two-for-one deal. Yeah, there's only there's only one. Okay. Because the reason I was asking is because that's, what it sounds like if the Seattle Sonics come back, they'll probably <laughs> so the Seattle Sonics will be the expansion team in the West, and then they'll have an expansion team in the East. That's interesting. Yeah, so that they keep it even amongst the teams. And the NBA is like the NHL in the normal season. Because in a normal season, the NHL is pretty much two divisions. Like they have other, like they have the, they still have the North, the East, the West, but it doesn't really matter as much. Mm -hmm. And that's what the NBA is. The NBA is an East and a West. Mm hmm. And the only reason they use the, like, east-west-south-north thing is for tiebreakers. When in the MLB and the NFL, they have a lot of, um, like, the north, south, east, and west really matter because, like, you play against them twice a year in the NFL. You play against them twice a year. You you use that for tie, for small tiebreakers in the division. It's used for so much more than just, like, an NFC and an AFC. Uh-huh. It's time for the power play. Here we are, power play. So, I am going to do a two-minute minor on Andrew, where I ask two questions, and Andrew is literally forced to answer. Please don't hurt me. 
You will answer my questions. I will answer your questions. All right. So question number one, staying on the topic of the playoffs and stuff. <coughs> How much does the number one overall seed in a normal year, but also this year, affect your chances to make the Stanley Cup? Because, like, in the NFL, if you get the number one overall seed, then you get a bye week. Um, there is no really effect like that, but we have kind of a, a, a curse, we kind of call it, because, um, well, let's, well, the history, uh, Bruins, they did not do very well last year. They were the, uh, President Trophy winner, uh, that's the best in the normal season, a uh, regular season, I should say. And then before that, it was the Lightning, and I don't remember the times before. The Lightning got destroyed in the first round. It's it's a big curse. It's kind of like the Madden curse. It's mm. not. It's almost not something you want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, just <clears throat> totally off topic here, but. So for Madden 22, Aaron Rodgers was rumored to be the cover athlete. Like he was the favorite because he was the MVP last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think the events that are going on right now with him wanting out are the beginning? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, cruises aren't real, but it's a, it's a funny coincidence. That's for sure. Yeah. I saw a video where, like, only three people since the start of Madden (coughs) have not been affected by the Madden curse. I think it was Richard Sherman. Bo Jackson was a half a point because he retired the season after he got the title, the cover athlete. Mm -hmm. And I think Larry Fitzgerald. Or, no, it was Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady. Wait, wasn't that the year that he got accused for cheating? Or I, I should say he cheated? Well, yes, but he didn't really get... Like, he got sidelined for four games, but he won the Super Bowl that same year, I think. So, yeah. I mean... Well, still, still the Super Bowl over four games. I mean... It should still be kind of curse. Still, I I wouldn't want to be out four games. No one would, I don't think, except for the jerks out there. Yeah. Um. But now for your question number two of power play. <coughs> Which, so I asked this question on our first episode of power play, but... I want to get an update. Who do you think is most likely to win the Stanley Cup from each of the Central, the East, the West, and the North? Um, uh, I don't know. West, I would say a split tie between the Avalanche and the 
Knight, the Golden Knights. Um, well, actually, it looks like the Golden Knights might get the. Oh, it's either the Golden Knights or the Carolina Hurricanes that will get the. Um, that will probably get the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Colorado and West. Mm, not just because they're clinched, but Maple Leafs in North, Capitals in East, or mm, yeah, Capitals in East, and Lightning in the Central. You hesitated there for a second, and you were choosing between the Capitals and the Penguins. And no. coming from a Penguins fan, I understand, like, I'm not happy about it, but I understand why. Because the Capitals have one of the best players in the history of the NHL and probably the best right now. Yeah. Like... He's not quite Wayne Gretzky level yet, but yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he'll he's he's getting close to that record. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of don't want him to beat it, but at the same time, I'm a huge fan of him. So, whatever works. Because really he beat the Golden Knights. Yep. <clears throat> All right, so now we head on to Are You a Good Sport? And since you won last time, do you want to ask the questions first or answer the questions first? <clears throat> what did I do last time? Um, you asked first. Okay. I think... I think I might want to uh, I want to ask first. Okay, so question number one. Who hit the longest home run in the MLB? I think you're going to get this one. Okay. Um, Hank Aaron. Oh, Babe Ruth, actually. Babe Ruth? Says Wikipedia, yeah. Okay, I thought you would get that one. I I was thinking Hank Aaron because he hit a lot of home runs. I was thinking, uh, not uh, Barry Bonds for a second, but then I was like, no. But Babe Ruth slipped my mind. Mm, Yeah. Here is okay. So this is kind of surprising. Who was the oldest uh, college football player? I yeah yeah. I just looked this up the other day. Really, it was the day that I looked up who had the fastest forty-yard dash. Mm. Uh. I remember, I think he was a kicker. Correct. Uh-huh. I want to say 43 years old. He was actually 61. 
It's crazy. Okay, so which American NHL team had the most Stanley Cups? Well, you said the Kings were on top for a few years, but they never won with Gretzky. And the Oilers, they're Canadian, I think. Yeah, in Minton. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the Montreal Canadiens who holds the most for all of the NHL, right? You know what? I'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a hint. No, no. No hints? How, how, how easy does it, how easy does it make it? Uh, uh, that's kind of, I mean. Just give me the hint. I mean it. Okay, I'll give you a little hint. Okay. It is one of the worst teams now. One of the worst teams now? Well, the Kings qualify. <clears throat> um... I think it's the Sharks. No. Sad. It was the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that does make sense. They, 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 yeah, they won a lot in their early years. Okay. So that was question three. Two more. That was question three. Two more. Okay. Uh, guess where the 2028 Olympics is going to be? So that would be the Summer Olympics. Uh, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. It's 2021. <laughs> Haven't looked that far. Uh, Brazil. No, actually, when I looked this up, I was kind of happy. L.A. Oh. Here in, here in our time zone, so I won't get confused. That's impressive. Yep. Um, it, it honestly wouldn't have surprised me if you had said Vegas. Yeah, that would be interesting, too. Because Vegas is growing with sports. Yeah, and I don't think we've had one with Seattle. I want one with Seattle. Seattle's too small for Olympics. Uh, sad but true. Once again. That was question four, so here's question five. Question five. Uh, when was the field goal invented? Okay. So, like, 
What do you mean by field goal? Like kicking a field goal for three points, a field goal in basketball, or like a point after touchdown where you kick the extra point? Oh, oh wait. Okay, so I was okay. I was trying to find the question. When was the like actual goal invented? But instead, it gave me the answer of when the rules was changed to make a field goal three points. Okay. So, nineteen fifty six. No, actually, nineteen oh nine. Oh, I was way off. Yeah. I was trying to think of like when the field goal used to be in front of the end zone instead of in the back. Uh, yeah, that was weird. And like oh, then they might have changed it to make it a longer distance, and I was thinking 56 would be a good number. Mm. <clears throat> okay, I went 0 for 5. Let's see if you can do better. Who holds the record for the highest wins above replacement in baseball history. It's what I used for the first time. In baseball, wins above replacement? War. W-A-R. I talked about it. Oh, that stat. The stat that I'm never going to remember. Yeah. Uh... Uh, who won the series with the most? Hmm, I never would have thought of that. Okay. Is that what you're asking? You there? No, I, I'm just asking. So, like, if you were to look him up on baseball reference or any other baseball place, what would his war be? His wins above replacement. Who's war? That's the, the player who had who has the highest war uh, in MLB history. Uh, Thirty three. I don't know. No, like not what his number is. Who who is it? Oh, Mickey Mantle. No, Babe Ruth. Oh, come on. We both got fooled by the Babe Ruth. I would think, well, you said Babe Ruth slipped your mind, so it's probably not Babe Ruth. So I said Mickey Mantle. So uh, I think the reason Babe Ruth has the, has the highest war is because he was a pitcher and a batter and a good batter, too. And so, like, he had two stats. I didn't know he was a pitcher. Yeah, he was a pitcher at the beginning of his career. Ah. All right. Question two. What is the name of Kyle Seeger's son? Oh, what? That's kind of a creative one. Kyle Seegerson. Uh, 
Cal Seeger Jr.? No. Crew Seeger. Crew Seeger? Crew. C-R-U-E, I think. Oh, Motley Crew. Okay. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> Hard ones today. Okay. Who has won the most MLS Cups? Probably not the Sounders. No, I, but they're actually close to the record. They're pretty close. They're pretty close. Okay, so that only makes them. I don't think the Rapids have done much to do well. L.A.? You have got to be kidding me. Oh, really? Oh, I did it? Huh? <laughs> yes. Those were, the, there's only, uh, well, two, three, okay, four. I'm only actually... four teams I know of, and that was one of them. <laughs> oh, okay. I technically have to give you a half a point because there are multiple teams in L.A., Okay, which ones are the ones in LA? If I nail this, then okay, yeah. <gasps> um, so there's Los Angeles FC and there's Los Angeles Galaxy. The Galaxy? Yeah. Yes, full point. All right, so that was the third question. Let's keep going. Everyone, let's keep going. Who, I mean, how many times have the Seattle Mariners made the playoff? Two? No. They made it in 2001, 1997. 1995, 2000, um, I think that's it. I think they made it four times. They won the division three times. Mm. Okay. Well, okay. And now for question five, the final question. Oh, still one more. Wait, didn't you just say question three? No, that was question four. Cause oh, you said question the, three, but okay. Well, I said, when, said after I was three, done with the LA, I said that was question three. Oh, okay. Question five. Question five? How many years did the Seahawks not to make it to the playoffs when Russell Wilson was on the Seahawks. Okay. Not make it. 
Okay, so I, I'm gonna take a swing and say he started 2007 and we won. Wait, we went to the playoffs. Oh, we went to the playoffs a lot, actually. I don't know what happened in 2007. I'm going to assume we didn't make it. 2008, I think we made it. 2010, I don't think we made it. Uh, 2009, yeah. Um, 2011 was not the Super Bowl, I'm guessing. But I think we made it anyway, so I'm going to go... Okay. I think we made it. Uh, I mean, I, I think the answer is six. Wrong. He joined the Seahawks in 2012. And, then, and didn't make it to the playoffs <laughs> one time. Since oh, one time? One time. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You have won again. And but that does it for us today. And we thank Anchor for making this podcast possible. Please just Subscribe wherever you like to get your podcasts.